a lot of time it's not uh, their fault. It's me and my, I need to turn it on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand out for you. Place our Bibles in our right hand. Hold it high above us. Your head, repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I believe who it says I am. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. And it's proper for doctrine. And it is proper for, for reproof. For, reproof. for correction, instruction, and righteous in faith. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. This is the everlasting, uncompromising, indestructible, unmovable, eternal word of God. Amen. You may be seated. I'm ready to start a brand new series uh, titled the Paymaster Series. And um, I've kind of, for the last 10 years since I've been here pastoring, I kind of been kind of putting it off, <laughs> teaching on uh, prosperity and money because people, they get squirrely when you start talking about money and stuff, you know? And, uh, and the Lord gave me the green light that now is the time because we get ready to move to a next uh, spiritual phase and spiritual level of this ministry. And it's, it's, it's gonna require finances, amen? But I want to qualify it and balance it because uh, some people have a misunderstanding when it comes to finances and money to the church or to the, you know, to the ministry, because a lot of times they get their information from the world more so than from the word of God. So I want to keep everything balanced. And for the last 10 years, uh, uh, I want Sister Tina to say yes or no on this. Okay. The reason why I point out Sister Tina, because she's not a she's not a family member. She's not, not she's not a hollow. She's a she's a church member who's been here with us for 10 years. And she can attest whether I'm lying or not. Okay. So for the last 10 years, I have preached on healing, right? Uh, I've preached on faith. Uh, I have preached on the anointing. I have preached on uh, love. I have preached on families, husband and wife, children. I have preached on peace, all right? So I've preached on a number of subjects, right? So I have not just only been preaching on money, all right? So when I start this series, you're gonna hear people who may come and visit, they're gonna, people are gonna say that. That's all he talk about is money. Well, you just heard it from Sister Tina. That's not all I've taught, I've preached on, tell them. I've taught on numerous subjects, uh, the blood of Jesus, I preached on that, resurrection, all that. But money is important into the kingdom of God. But we have to get a balanced understanding of money when it comes to the kingdom of God, because in time past, we have heard and received some false balance when it comes to money. And people have been discouraged by that, all right? But in this Paymaster series, I want to give an equal balance when it comes to finances and uh, uh, from the heart of God, how he looks at finances. 
and how we should look at finances as in the kingdom of God, not according to the world, not according to religion, but according to the word of God. So what the word of God says. So we're going to start off with the introduction to the Paymaster series. This is the introduction. Okay. You know, before you build a house, you got to what? Lay the groundwork, the foundation. Okay. You don't put the walls up first. You don't put the roof on first. You have to build a firm foundation. So when you start erecting the walls and the roof and everything, it won't all come tumbling down because the foundation is not uh, established. So I want to start with the introduction to the Paymaster series, talking about the power of money, the kingdom purpose for resource and money. And to top it off, he owns everything all the time. God owns it all. And this is what you have to get an understanding of when you talk about walking in as a paymaster. We talk about paymaster, we talk about being a steward. Uh, we talk about being a manager. We're talking about uh, being a manager and a steward or a paymaster over God's resources for his kingdom. All right? So, and so we have to establish that he owns everything all the time. Not only he owns the 10%, but he owns the 90%. All right, he owns it all. All right, because all he has to do is just take your spirit out of your body. He don't own nothing. All right, you, you're God. So we have to understand from the word of God that he owns everything, even us. Paul said, I'm a bond servant to Christ. All right. He owns, he owns you. All right. And when I, when I talk about an ownership, it doesn't mean like in a, a master slave type relationship. It's talking about Jesus through his shed blood bought you for a price from out of the clutches of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So Jesus paid the ultimate price. All right, through his blood. So that's what I mean when I say he owns us, not in a master-slave relationship, but he, he is our creator. We are his creation. And he shed his blood. He used his blood to purchase us from the clutches of sin and death into life and eternal life. Amen? So everything that we have, spirit, soul, and body, belongs to God. All right? So we're going to start with Matthew chapter 25. All right. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. And then we're going to pick up Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It says, then shall the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Now, this is Matthew writing this. Matthew is a Jew. And the reason why you see in the book of Matthew versus Mark Luke uh, Mark Luke, you will see the kingdom of God. Uh, here we see the kingdom of heaven because Jews were forbidden to say God, to say Jehovah. All right. So that's why in this context, we see the kingdom of God versus if you read in Mark and Luke, you'll see the kingdom of God. But it's talking about the same thing. All right. So it says, this shall the kingdom of God be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. 
And five of them were wives and five were foolish. So five wise virgins, five, five foolish virgins. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a great cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather for, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and, that, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, what is talking about here? He's talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, in John chapter 3, we touched on this Thursday night, that uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, uh, before you can see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. That word see in the Greek means to perceive or to understand the kingdom of God. And then he says that before you can enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be washed by the water and the spirit, water of the word and the spirit of God, which is the word of God. So here we see five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. In context, what he's talking about, he's talking about virgins, talking about those who are born again, all right? Those who are born from above, okay? And they have their, uh, their lamps, okay? Uh, the five wise had lamps, the five foolish had lamps, okay? The lamp is the word of God. The scripture says in the psalm that thy lamp is a light unto thy path, all right? So the lamp is the word of God. The candlestick is the spirit of man, okay? But the five wise, they had the oil inside the lamp. So you have the word of God, which is the lamp, and then you have the oil of God, which is the anointing. So you have the word of God mixed with the anointing of God to bring you the revelation. But not only that, but it makes you spiritually aware of God. Why is that? Because when the bridegroom comes, talking about Jesus, when he comes, because your lamp has been taken care of and it's filled with oil, it makes you aware of God when he shows up so that you can enter in into the promise of God, all right? And there are a lot of Christians who have missed, Jesus has came numerous times. The bridegroom has showed up. We're not talking about uh, for, the, for, the, for the rapture, for the catching away. We're talking about Jesus has showed up many a time for you and I to enter into his promise of healing, his promise of deliverance, his promise of the blessing of the Lord or financial. But some of us were like the foolish 
virgin. What is the foolish virgin? What is a fool? The scripture says the psalm is a fool is a person who is without God. Which means a fool is a person who do not have God as the center or the main focus of their life. So the foolish virgins, they, they was foolish because they didn't have Christ, the main focus of their life. Of the light. So that's why they didn't have enough oil to the lamp or to the word to cause them to become aware of when Jesus comes on the scene. Are you following? So there's many times in your walk with Christ, you wonder if you didn't have enough oil, which is that is the anointing, the anointing mixed with the word, the anointing, the power of God, which makes us spiritually aware that when Jesus come, when the bridegroom come, all right, for you to enter in with him, like I said, for healing or whatever, because your lamp did not have enough oil, okay, it caused you not to participate in the blessings of God. So this is what Jesus, Jesus teaching. He said, this is how the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is that you keep the word, the focus of your life, mixed with the anointing of God, what causes you to be spiritually aware. So when Jesus shows up, for you to enter now into what area of your life you need the blessing from God, you'll be able to enter into it because you're, you have oil in your lamp to the word. All right? Now, now, Let's go to verse 14. He teaches now. Now, now he, 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 he taught on from verse 1 to 13 about the word and the anointing. It's like the kingdom of God. Now he continues on to give us what the kingdom of God is like. For the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God. And we talk about the kingdom of God is God's method of operation. How to operate in the things of God. It's not, being, it's not talking about heaven. All right, it's talking about God's method of operation. Uh, Matthew 4, 17, Jesus says, this is the first message that he preached when he showed up. He said, repent ye therefore, for the kingdom of God is at hand. All right, so he said, repent. What are you talking about repent? Repent does not mean to ask for forgiveness. Repent, it starts with that, but the really the inclusive understanding of repentance is I'm changing the way I think. I'm changing my mindset because to walk with God, not only you just get born again and, and you stop there, you have to renew your mind constantly. Why is that? Because how the kingdom of God operates, we are not familiar with that. We only familiar with natural operation. All right. What is natural? We operate in the natural realm by our five senses. If I can't see it, hear it, smell it, taste it or feel it, I don't believe it. But in the kingdom of God, God does not operate by our five senses. God operates by what? Faith. So that's why we have to renew our mind, because walking with God in his kingdom and his operation is strange to us. Okay, it's, it's weird. So that's why we have to constantly renew our minds with the word of God so that we'll be able to walk in the kingdom of God. 
So now we get ready to re, we we are getting ready to get a mind renewal when it comes to finances. And he's talking about how this is how the kingdom of God operates. But the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. For unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and a straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents, now when you're talking about talents, in the Greek there, it means a certain amount of money. When you talk about talent, he's not talking about whether you can tap dance or whether you can sing. <laughs> that's, that's not the talent he's talking about. He's talking about a certain amount of money. Now, this is the lie that the devil has fed us for years, and we believed it. We heard it from Mama and them. We heard it from our favorite preacher, our favorite deacon or whatever, that God is not concerned about your money. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because the first brother's relationship was damaged because of finances. Cain and Abel. Abel gave God his best. Cain gave God his leftovers. And because God increased Abel because he gave God his best, Cain became angry at his brother to the point where he killed his brother. Because why? And I, I think I taught on this before about Cain. Cain thought about the spirit of rejection. Cain thought that God was rejecting him. God wasn't rejecting Cain. God was rejecting Cain's offering, not Cain. All right, so God is concerned about your money. Why would you think God would be concerned? God concerned about your marriage. God concerned about your children. I have taught for years, for 30 some years, that there's two areas that God wants to get a control of. Your mouth and your pocketbook. And those are the two things that we do not want to surrender to God. Because I want to say what I want to say, when I want to say it, who I want to say it to. And God ain't getting my money. And but but see, you don't say you don't say God ain't getting your money. You'll say that preacher ain't getting my money. <laughs> okay. So those are two areas that we got to renew our mind. We got to renew our minds on our mouth. Remember, I did a whole teaching on watch your mouth. All right. And so we got to renew our mind with our finances. So he said, then he that received the five. Y'all good group this morning. Y'all have received the five talents, went and traded with them, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged into the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said to him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou in the joy of thy Lord. Then he, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine, King James. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, then at my coming I should have received my own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him which hath ten talents, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that have not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing and teeth. Now, I'm going to come back to that later. Uh, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible to give you a better understanding of what he's saying here. But we want to talk about the power of money, the kingdom purpose for resource and money. He owns everything all the time. The original plan of God was to extend his heavenly kingdom on earth. That was God's original plan. He wanted to extend his heavenly kingdom on earth. He wanted to colonize the earth with the kingdom of God. Uh, the purpose of God was to colonize earth with heaven. So he wanted to make earth look like heaven okay if you study in the book of revelation it talks about heaven and how heaven is there is no ebt cards in heaven there's no stimulus checks in heaven there's none there's no debt there's no poverty in heaven they don't understand what poverty is okay because in the kingdom of god now remember i did a whole series teaching about the kingdom of god how to operate the kingdom of god is ran by a king, all right? Jesus is the king. He is our king. We, once you are born again, you are born into the kingdom of his dear son, which is Jesus. We are now in Jesus's kingdom. He's the king and we are the citizens of the kingdom. So in a kingdom where there's a king, the king owns everything in the kingdom. The king owns the land, the water, the minerals, the soil, and even the citizens. So everything that are in the kingdom, they will experience the blessing of that kingdom based upon the king. Okay? You have to get, because religion has robbed us of that, of our understanding of our walk with God. Okay? Religion has taught us that God, he operates like in our democratic system here in America. We the people, for the people, by the people. Not. God, the kingdom of God is not democratic. Uh, demo, democracy is not even a biblical term. It comes from Greek thinking. Democrata, democracy. That's not even a biblical term. All right? 
we the people for the people. So you cannot legislate or vote in the things of God. You have to come to the king and hear what the king has to say. The king make his proclamation, his declaration of his kingdom. So if you're in a church where the people vote for their pastor, that's not the kingdom of God. So how can you vote in? How, how, the, the members are the sheep. How, how are the sheep going to vote what shepherd they want? <laughs> All right? That's religion. All right? But in the kingdom of God, Jesus is the king. All right? So wealth in a kingdom is the personal property of the king. The wealth in the kingdom. So if you born again, and all your wealth, physical wealth, belongs to Jesus. Your house, your car, your dogs, your cats, your roaches, your mice, whatever. Amen. <laughs> they all belong to Jesus, all right? So the wealth in the kingdom is the personal property of the king. The king, now listen, the king gives his wealth to his citizens to accomplish his purpose in the colony. So the reason why you see, we got to get our minds renewed because in our democratic society, in our capitalistic society, capitalism teaches us what? About ownership. You know, and you know, and I, you know, I, I, I used to tell this to my wife all the time because I never, I, I never was down with that, 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 that mortgage stuff with that house stuff. Because you, know, you, you, you don't, you, you don't own. That is a delusion that capitalism teach people that you own. You don't own nothing. You can spend thirty years and paid off. Because like I told my wife, I, I told I said, I don't get this. You buy a house, it's $50,000. You take a 30-year mortgage, and I'm pay, at the end of that 30 years, I'm paying $150,000 on a $50,000 home. What sense does that make? Well, we, we were conditioned to buy into capitalism. Capitalism is a Egyptian philosophy. You capitalize on everything. Remember I did a teacher on capitalism. Capitalism is like, look at capitalism like the Kentucky Derby. What was the last horse that won the Kentucky Derby? Do you remember? Well, a secretary, okay, I remember that name, okay. All right, all right. You had a jockey on that horse, Riding against the other horse, that horse is doing all the work, running and everything, and cross the finish line. And they said, Secretariat wins. And the only thing that horse gets is an apple. And that jockey gets the check. That's capitalism. You doing all the work, you running the race. And at the end of the day, 
You get an apple, you get a paycheck, and then the owner get that profit. That's capitalism. That's not the kingdom of God. Because in God's kingdom, everybody in the kingdom is blessed. Why? Because the king gives his prosperity to everybody in the kingdom. So we got to get out. So we got to come, come out of that. <laughs> because, you know, you pay off that, that house for 30 years. You pay it off. And you say, hallelujah. You have yourself a deed burning session ceremony. I got the house paid off. And now sickness strikes you and you can't pay your property tax. Now somebody comes along, which is legal. Go down to the PVA office. Say, oh, you owe $10,000. They write that, pay that property tax, and then they're going to say, get out of my house. So you don't own nothing. That's a delusion they give us. That you think you own, but you don't own nothing. All right? So, everybody okay? This, this is just the introduction. Okay. Okay. So the kingdom citizens is responsible, accountable to the king for the use and the management of his resources. Capitalism teach on two things. Capitalism teach on independence and personal ownership. Those are anti-Christ concepts. Independent and ownership. That's an anti-God concept. When we're operating in the kingdom of God, you cannot be independent and you can't think that you own because you would not be able to walk successfully in the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because in the king's kingdom, kingdom, he's the king domain, king owns everything, even you. So you can't be independent and you can't have an ownership mindset. Money is, now we're gonna get in money. Now, now take a deep breath. Whew. You know, cause you know, money gets some, gets some people squarely. I mean, you know, even though they ain't got none, but they go through them. When you talk about money, it's like, really? Are you serious? You know? So money, first of all, money is not evil. Even though religion told you that lie. That money is evil. Money ain't evil. Scripture said the love of it is evil. There's a lot of poor folks make that sin, do that sin. They like, ain't got no money. They love it. All right. So money, money, money itself is not evil. Money is neutral. Money is a resource. It's a tool to do uh, for selling, building good, build, uh, goods, and, and common. It's, it's, it's a tool. Money. So that's why you have to look at money because money is the personal thing we have. Money is the personal thing we have. Now, listen to this. It's going to mess you up, but you'll be all right. Money is the most powerful thing on earth next to God. So, what do you mean by it? Jesus said this? He said, There's two masters on earth. God and mammon. You cannot serve both. He did not say the devil. 
There's only but two masters on this, on this earth. It's God and mammon. It's money or God. Money is the most powerful thing on earth. People will kill their loved ones for money. Males and females will sell their bodies for money. People, some people do anything for money. Why? Because money has taken on the characteristic of God. So what do you mean by that? If we have enough money in this ministry to do what God has called us to do, money will make us omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. That's what money could do. Money can make you omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Omnipresence means we, we'll be everywhere. If we had enough money that we can buy network, TV networks, and radio, we, we, we right here in Middletown, but we can be everywhere worldwide. Money can make us, money can make you all powerful. I mean, come on, let's, let's not get it twisted. Money can make you powerful, all right? Money can make you all-knowing. You have enough money, you can get information. So money has taken on the currency of things like God. So that's why Jesus said in the book of Matthew, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and, you and serve money. You have to pick which one you're going to serve. So money is the most powerful thing on earth next to God. Two masters on earth, God and mammon, not the devil. Now, why is it we don't want to serve money? Because money was designed to serve us. See, this is where you got to get your mind renewed. You got to look at money is designed to serve you. But if you serve money, Guess who is your boss? Money. All right. So we got to get a mind renewal when it comes to that. Now, going back to Matthew chapter 25, verse 13 to 30, I want to read this out of the message Bible to you. And the message Bible is a little shorter than the King James. And the, the title heading of verses 13 to 30 uh, is the story about investment. It says, the kingdom of God, the story about investment, is also like a man going off to an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegate responsibility. To one, he gave $5,000 to another $2,000, and to one, excuse me, to the third, $1,000, depending on their ability. Now, when you operate in the kingdom of God, when it comes to finance, being a paymaster, God only gonna allow, God only gonna allow a certain amount of money to come into your life, depend on your ability of how to handle it. So quit, quit asking God for, 
oh, if I had a million dollars, because you know, you stingy on that twenty dollars, you won't get no tax. I mean, you know, that twenty dollars you get, he only has ten percent. He said, "I want two dollars." I, I can't give no two dollars. And you ask, I, Lord, if I win, you know, you hear people say, if I win the lottery, I give the church all, everything they need, whatever. No, no, you're lying. You're lying. You need to repent. You're lying. Why is that? Because you can't give the $2 off the $20. God bless you with. So you, 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 you gotta give me my, don't, don't lie to God. No, you're lying. All right. So he's only going to give you finances to come to your life that you can manage. Or you can be a steward over. Okay? Oh, Jesus. Now look at this. Then he left right off. The first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single 1,000 dug a hole, carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given 5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have had high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid. Uh-oh, there we go. I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money, here it is, safe and sound, down to the last penny. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously. Ooh. It's criminal to live, it's criminal just to live safe. Because everything we do, we do in faith. We have to step out of faith. So he, see, Lord, I, I saved your, I hid your money, even down to the, I didn't spend it. I didn't do it. I said, and he, God looks at that as criminal to live cautiously. Now look at this. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand, give it to the one who risks the most, and get rid of this play is safe servant who won't go out on a limb, throw him out into outer darkness. Now you don't think God can say about your money. We don't play it safe with God. Whatever the king tells us to do with the finances, 
We don't play it cautious. You know, you hear some people t- over the years of ministry, people say, uh, well, Pastor, you know, you know, I don't, I don't give my tithe, but uh, I give $25. I just give, what did the Lord say? The Lord said, give the tenth. Well, you know, I, I just, or then do you have some people say, well, the tenth, you know, I'm using the tenth to bless somebody. You ever heard, you ever heard all that foolishness? I leave the tenth. Uh, you you don't play it safe. Step out on a limb. Believe God. Trust God. Because what you have, if you play it safe, God will take your stuff and give it to someone who's walking in faith. You tr- you play it safe. God will do that. Now look at this. The talent. Is a certain amount of money. We saw 5,000, 2,000, and 1,000. The 5,000 guy, he doubled it. The 2,000, he doubled it. But the one he played to say, there is no lack in the kingdom of God. There is no lack in God's kingdom. If there is lack in your life, it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with God. God answers your prayers according to your ability. This was, I want you to get a revelation. We, 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 we're talking about payments and finances, but God will answer us according to our ability. If you don't know how to manage $200, God, and listen, 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 I want you to get it clear. Make sure you understand this, all right? Gary, I want you to understand it. If you don't know how to manage 200, God ain't going to give you no two million. Because how you mismanage the 200, you're going to mismanage the two million. So it's not that God don't want to give it to you. He's waiting on you to make a decision to learn how to manage his finances. That's what he's waiting on. It's not that God don't want to give it to us. But he's waiting on us to say, Lord, I want to become a paymaster. I want to become a steward. I want to become a manager. Okay? So God answers your prayer according to your ability. Whatever you mismanage, God will drive it out. <laughs> you know how you come? You get the word of God. How God bless you. You put your faith out. God bless you with a job. You got increase. And then all of a sudden, you don't, you don't tire. And then all of a sudden, you find out, man, I lost my job. What, what, what happened? I thought the Lord's good. What, whatever you mismanage, God would drive it out. See lot. We read in Matthew 25, verses 13 to 30, it talked about the two servants. When the master gave them the money, that money went to work. The other servant, he didn't put money to work. Remember, money is a tool. We need to have a, we, we don't, we need to get rid of 
consumer mindset. We need to become invested mindset. You need to have your money work for you. Not you work for your money. So any money that you get, first of all, you need to be a tither. That's the first step. Well, first of all, you got to be born again. All right. You need to have the anointing of God. Then you need to be a tither. You need to give your offering. And then when God starts bringing increase, you need to start. Now, this is an investor mindset because we have a tendency to consume more than invest. When God brings increase, you ask the Lord to say, Lord, is this, is this seed to sow? Or is this bread for me to eat? Because when you get increase, there's times the spirit of God will lead you to, to reinvest into the kingdom. We're going to learn this series of teaching, not only just reinvest in the kingdom, God will direct us to, to invest into the things of the world. Because the whole plan of it, the whole purpose of this thing is for us to possess, take from the world and bring it to the kingdom. But we have gone, some, some Christians gone into the world and then they got captured by the world, overtaken by the world, and we forgot about the kingdom. That's what happened to people who are gifted when it comes to like to singing and stuff in the church. They sing in the church. They gifted. And God gives an opportunity to go into the world to take their talents, to capture the world and to bring their wealth back into the kingdom. But those artists get so caught up by the admiration of the world that they forget about the kingdom. And then that's when God takes his anointing off of them and we see they go down. That's a spiral. Like Whitney Houston. Hallelujah. So we wanted like, man, they are anointed to sing. You know, she started in church. I mean, her mom was a gospel singer. You know, Sissy Houston. I mean, you know, and you know, but she went to the world and but she, since she, was not kingdom mindset, the world overtook it. Because God takes his hand. God, God, God don't leave us when it comes like for salvation, but he has an anointing that he placed on individuals that the lamp, the oil, so when the bridegroom comes, you'll be ready to step in to that blessing but you have to stay kingdom focused instead of world focused. So money needs to work for you. If you work for money, guess who's the boss? You are so, you, we are not supposed to work for money. What are you supposed to work for? You are supposed to work for purpose. Not money. We work for what is my purpose in life? What has God called me to do? What is my destiny? You are supposed to work for purpose, not money. We are supposed to keep our, our identity, those who are born again, in Christ. 
we are not supposed to, we are not supposed to try to be something else that is not Christ-like. Humans is the only creatures that try to be something that they are not. You don't see birds trying to be squirrels. You don't see lions trying to be a bear. The animal kingdom, they know what is their purpose. So a lion, so <laughs> when we see when we see a lion acts like a lion, and you jump into that zoo area where that lion is, and that lion eats you, then everybody shock up. Why did that lion go? That lion is demonstrating its purpose. I am a lion, I'm a carnivore. <laughs> All right. So we are, humans are the only creatures that try to be something that we don't, we don't like what God has created us. We want to be something else. All right. A male wants to be a female. A female wants to be a male. A black person want to be a white person. A white person want to be black. Just be who you are. <laughs> what God, God had a purpose why he put you in that earth suit. He created you the way you are. So we need to seek purpose, not wealth. Wealth is a byproduct of the, of the kingdom thinking. When you start having kingdom-minded thinking, wealth will come to you. You don't have to seek wealth. Ever since my, my wife and I, we've been born again, we've been in ministry, and we have always had kingdom mindset at the forefront. Wealth has already always come to us. We have had people running run our, our door at 2 o'clock in the morning, knocking on the door, Pastor, hey, I just want to bless you with some finances. Well, you're a preacher. Not every preacher experienced that. People have gone out of their way to bless us. How you think we got all this taken care of? Because we kingdom mindset. So wealth is a byproduct of kingdom thinking. You have the kingdom on your mind, God's going to bring wealth to you. You ain't got to seek it. What the scripture? The scripture says seek him. Seek not after him, not seek after money, because whatever you seek after that you don't have ownership over, it will lose you. It will leave your hand. So wealth is a byproduct of kingdom thinking. God gives us money as a trust. You know how God trusts us? We can give you some money. You want to see how you're going to manage it, how you're going to, what you're going to do with it. Are you going to give you tithes? Are you going to give you offering? Are you going to listen to the spirit and tell you what to do with it? So God gives us money as a trust. Do you consume all on yourself? In the kingdom of God, when it comes to finances, management of finances is the highest order of the kingdom of God. Management of finances is the highest order of the kingdom of God. Finances in the kingdom of God itself is the lowest order. 
money itself in the kingdom of God is the lowest order. But management of finances is the highest order in the kingdom. Good money managers are good people and faithful people. People who met, we talking about you manage the finances that God has brought into your life. God is looking for a faithful servant who can manage their money. Or do you just consume money on yourself? Or do you manage it? The scripture talks about saving. He talked about, he said in Proverbs, consider the ants. The ants are work. They're the smallest creatures, but they work hard and they what? They save. Saving is a principle of God. Now, hoarding is a different thing. There's a difference between hoarding money and saving money. Because the scripture talks about we need to have good money management and saving. So we see here in Matthew 25, verse 13 to 30, it talks about how the first two servants, they were faithful, good. But that third one, he was lazy. The lazy servant, his mentality of what he said, what he said, he said, I was afraid that you was a hard master. You had a standard of excellence and I was fearful. So that mindset he had stopped the money from growing. A lazy mindset will stop increase from coming into your life. If you're lazy, I can't see, you know, I've already given my tithe, I give my offering, and now they talking about building for stuff, and then they talking about I want to bless Southeast, and, and then they want to bless the man of God. Oh, man, I can't be done. Let me, let me calculate my budget. Now, what's going on when you're calculating your budget? You're operating by the world's principle. What is the world principle? The world's principle is subtraction. In the kingdom of God, there's, there's, there's no subtraction. There is addition and multiplication. So, it's, so when you get your, get your paycheck, whatever, what do you do? You subtract and see how much you got left over. Well, you start walking in the kingdom of God and let God lead your manager, you won't be to, you won't get to the point of subtraction. You get into multiplication. You started with addition. We, that's good. But then you want, we want to get to multiplication. If each one of us in here had $20 million in our bank account, you wouldn't even think about what your LG&E bill is going to be. You wouldn't even think, you wouldn't, oh, LG&E, how much? $500, there you go. That's the world system. The world system is subtraction. I got to subtract and see how much I got left. And if I don't have enough left over, I'm sorry, Pastor. Ain't, ain't, what's that? What's that old saying? You can't get something out of a turnip or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> but if we got multiplication, you got multiple, you got $20 million sitting in your main account. Hey, we got a building fund. We need a new roof. 
and you can stand up and say, how much it gonna be, Pastor? Oh, it's gonna be about, we check about 45,000 now, it's checked. Now that's real balling. <laughs> Not how the world folks do it. That's balling for Jesus. That a need was met, a debt cancellation, just like that. Why do you think David was after God? See, religious, religious, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he repented. You know, yeah, yeah, he did all that, but David knew how to write a check. The scripture said that he gave millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in, for the temple, and that was just in silver. We ain't talking about gold. Now you're gonna have to be re renew your mind because when you walk in this teacher here and some of y'all grabs hold and you start working it, you're gonna start having an increase. And you got you gotta get your mind renewed because Jesus said, with great increase, you're gonna suffer persecution. So your unbelieving believing relative who like it when you was poor. You start having an increase, they're going to say, what are you doing going to that church? Are you giving, a, giving that man all that money? <laughs> you, got, you got to keep your mind because you're going to have all this persecution attack. We went through all that when we was in Nicholasville. We started, we manifested our house. We manifested our Lexus. And people started talking, yeah, the Holloways, their boys are selling drugs. That's not how we got our house. <laughs> and they were not good drug dealers. <laughs> They didn't sell drugs very successfully because they was all broke. <laughs> so yeah, so the word got out about us. We had our house and I did, you know, and, and see at that time, I didn't have the revelation I have now back then. And when I heard all this persecution, I let it bother me like, well, I don't want people to think. Now I don't care what nobody thinks. Isn't that a little hard? Yeah. To walk in this level that God wants to walk, you can't worry about what people think. Oh, Jesus. So his mentality, his lazy mentality stopped the money from going. You can never get help for someone who you are jealous of. You can never get help from someone who you are jealous of. That's why the word of God said we're supposed to keep a teachable spirit. Jesus said, be childlike. God, we're going to work this. And this said, we're going to be working it. And some of y'all are going to be working it. Bless, I'm telling you, bless is coming into your life. All right? But you got to stay kingdom-minded. Stay humble. Stay focused and keep because God's going to bring increase into your life. And if you don't stay kingdom minded, them jealous folks, them jealous folks are going to attack you. People, are, have you noticed? People never get upset with you if you get healed. Nobody don't talk about you or nothing. You, know, you get healed. 
uh, people never get upset, upset with you because, uh, you know, you have church attendance. If you start manifesting some money, you talking about get talked about. You start manifesting money. Why is that? Because when you start manifesting the promise of God, those, especially the ones who claim they're born again, they start looking at you and they start seeing that, ooh, you got something that they don't have. Prosperity, I've, I've preached it for years, you gotta be careful when you're walking in prosperity because prosperity can take you out. But you stay focused, you stay humble, you stay kingdom-minded, you give God all the glory, all the honor and the praise, everything that God has blessed you with, you thank him for it. Don't get sticky fingers. Because that, there in Matthew 25, the master said that that jealous, give me that lazy servant, he was a wicked person. A wicked person is somebody who mismanage money and they are lazy. Now, let me real quick give you some more things about money than ours. This is the introduction. Everybody's the introduction. <laughs> Number one, money is a trust. We're renewing our minds about money. How we're looking at money. Money is a trust. Money is a gift. Money was never designed to be our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. So money, number one, money is a trust. Number two, money is a gift. Number three, money determines your ability. If increase is coming into your life, that's letting you know that you have the ability to handle it. Number four, money, de uh, money demands your own creativity. People can become creative when they have money. We can become creative for the things of God if our ministry has enough finances. Number five, money must work for us, not us for it. Keep that in your mind. Money is supposed to work for me. Money is my servant. Jesus is my Lord. Money is my servant. So money must work for us, not us for it. M number six, money is not for hoarding. If you're hoarding up money in the kingdom, poverty is a lack of creativity. In the kingdom of God, if you experience poverty, it's because you have a lack of creativity. You're not creative. We can always see God. It said he gives us witty inventions. We can always see God for creativity to manifest money. Number seven, we will give an account of what we do with money. Money can make your name be known in heaven. You know, in the book of Acts, it's talk about Cornelius, the, uh, the, the Italian. 
guy in Cornelius, he gave his he gave prayers and he gave alms. He gave his giving. And the scripture said in the book of Acts, God set up a memorial for Cornelius. He was remembered in heaven. So we have to give an account of what we did with money. Number eight, money must be multiplied. Number nine, money tests our goodness. When we have money, it will test how good we are towards people. Because we know money is a tool. Money is used to, to bless people. So it's the spirit of God. You have money and the spirit of God tells you, hey, I want you to bless that family. Bless that individual. Money will test our goodness, how good we are. Will we sow do good seeds? Number 10, money measure our faithfulness. He said, if you are faithful of a few things, I'll make you rule over much. Number 11, money determines our promotion and influences. Whether we, whether we can be promoted or our influence. And number 12, you will always lose what you mismanage. That, that, that not only applies to money, that plays for any, any area of your life. You mismanage it, you'll lose it. What comes, excuse me, what comes with mismanagement? Abuse. You have abnormal use of something. That's mismanagement. You, you're like that, you will lose it. So real quick, my number one, money is trust. Money is a gift. Money determines your viability. Money demands your own creativity. Money, money must work for us, not for, for us, for it. Money is not for hoarding. We would give an account what we do with money. Money must be multiplied. Money tests our goodness. Money measures our faithfulness. Money determines our promotion influence. You always lose what you mismanage. Now, keep these three things in mind when it comes to money in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about the world. This doesn't, this doesn't apply to the world. The world has a total different philosophy when it comes to finance. And we'll get in that more when we get when I start the actually the paymaster series. Keep these three three things in mind when it comes to money. Money is a trust. Number two, money is a test. And number three, money is a trial. Trial. T-R-I-A-L. Number one, money is a trust. Money is a test, and money is a trial. Let's go to Luke 16, 11 to 12, and then we'll close. Luke chapter 16, verse 11 to 12. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that word mammon is money. Really, in, in the Greek inference of that, uh, that uh, word mammon, it means debt. It's a mammon was a god. Debt. Look at it. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money or debt. This is Jesus speaking. If, if therefore you have not been faithful 
and the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to trust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So what is, what is he saying here? Key point here is management of material resources determine your ability to manage spiritual resources. What's that? If you can't handle your natural money, if you call in the ministry, you won't be able to Lay hands on somebody and plead for their healing. God ain't going to trust you. We think, okay, we want this spiritual stuff. You won't be able to get up and minister the word effectively. You can't handle natural money. Because God is not going to allow that anointing to be released. He says, look at it, go verse 11. True riches. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What is the true riches? It's the anointing. One translation says the anointing of God. So how are you able to minister the word? How are you able to work in the ministry and do the things of God if God can't trust you in managing two out of 56? We don't, we, we think, oh, that ain't no big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. If God can't trust you, if God can't trust you to give the tithes and the offering, not sporadically, but consistently, faithfully, he's not going to trust you to you to stand before thousands and thousands and minister the word. So managing a material resources determine your ability to manage spiritual resources. That's the anointing, the finances in the ministry, and all the things in ministry resources. God is not going to trust you. He can't trust you to handle something that you can see. How is he going to trust you something that you can't see? That's why I strive all the time when it comes to our leadership. Excellence. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I'll say that. <laughs> if you don't manage and prepare your tithes and offering beforehand, before you come to church, how is God going to trust you with spiritual things in the ministry? If you wait till you get to church and say, I need, give me a tithe and offering. Um, what happened when you did it? That's mismanagement. Can, you, you, can I have a tithe and offer? You got an ink pen? I ain't got no ink pen. That's mismanagement. When I first started ministry over 37 years ago, you know where God started teaching with the Nicholas? You know how God started teaching me how to manage natural resources, this is where you got the money. You know what God stopped me off? Cleaning the toilets. 
cleaning the bathroom. And I'm thinking, wait, man, I'm a great man of power and faith and all this. And the Lord got me cleaning the toilet. If I couldn't manage cleaning the toilet, how could I manage cleaning somebody's mind out with the word of God? We think it's insignificant. It ain't that big of a deal. And God's out here, it's big. So you're not preparing yourself with your tithes and offering when we come here, sir. You wait until the last minute. That is mismanagement. See, I knew I, I knew this wasn't going to go with you, else. But it's my job as a pastor. I have to do it. So when you so so when you think you know, that's why you should prepare. See, when you prepare yourself beforehand, what are you doing? You kingdom-minded. You're kingdom-minded. So when you come into this place, and when it's time to give, I tie it off. Oh, I got my stuff prepared. Yeah, just put it all in the bag. Yeah, because I'm because I prepare. I prepare my tithes and offering beforehand. I ask, can I? This is good management. Give me some tithes and offering envelopes so I can take home. So I can manage my resources appropriately. Because <laughs> we don't think it's that big of a deal. We just give sloppy agape greasy grapes. Not at God's eyes. It's like God. See, we, we don't understand our God. He's a God of excellence. He's a God of standard. We just read here in Matthew 25, that, that, that lazy servant. He said, I know you are master of excellence and high standard, but I'm so lazy and slothful. I didn't want to bring myself up to your standard. Because I didn't want to manage the resources correct. Anybody hear me today? We don't think that big of a deal. Then we wonder why certain things are not flowing they need to because we don't think that big of a deal to manage our finances before we come to church, have them prepared. But just wait till the last minute. And just grab an envelope and put whatever. Somebody won't, somebody won't work with me or what? This is this, this, this being a paymaster. This is how God can trust you. And that's how God started me off in ministry in Nicholasville, cleaning the toilets. And I tell you, during those times of cleaning the toilets, God was. The things I'm preaching now, he spoke a little powerful revelation 37 years ago. Me cleaning the toilets. That's managing. That's managing. So God will only give you what he can trust you with. You think you call the ministry, y'all? You know, I hear, ah, I want me a church. I want to. Well, God gave you a family. You don't even want to minister to them. 
How you think you're going to minister folks that God ain't going to trust you? You haven't been consistent in ministering to your family. But you want this big ministry, you want all that? Nah, nah, stop. God will only give you what he can trust you with. So this is the introduction. Paymaster, finance is not about, oh, you're getting a bunch of money. You know? that's, that's the least part of it. The whole part of this thing is keeping our spirit, soul, and body right before him so that he can use us to be a blessing. And these are things that we have to deal with in becoming paymasters. Y'all get anything out of this today? Mm. Glory. Glory. God can bring resources into your hands as long as he knows he can trust you. And he knows that he can bring it into your hand. He knows that if he speaks to you, I want you to bless Minister Will. Buy her a car. No problem, Jesus. No problem. Just tell me how much. Well, you know what? No problem. You have that kind of attitude. God gonna bring. He gonna bring more. But you said, "Buy her a car." She got a job. She get her own car. Up. Oh, sorry, can't trust you. God has trusted my wife and I to the point we, we was able to give $10,000 into the ministry. Why? Because we had to learn over the years. We had to, God spoke to me and said, go bless your wife with $100. $100? You know how long it took me to get this $100? Uh, can't use you. Here you go, honey. Here, here, be, here, be blessed. <laughs> here, here, here you go. That's how the Spirit of God was taught to you. Now I can trust you. And God was able to trust us that we sold. And when we sold that 10,000, it wasn't no stress, strain, or struggle, or getting dizzy, or having blood pressure going up. No, it was none of that. It was, yes, we was excited to sow into the kingdom. Somebody say, you gave the church $10,000? Yes. You know what I could do with $10,000? <laughs> yeah, we gave, yeah, we gave $10,000. And you know what? We sold that $10,000. And guess what came back to us? A check for $10,000. Am I right, Sister Dan? See, I have to go sit to Tina because see, she ain't family, so she ain't gonna lie. All right, <laughs> she witnessed all that. We ten thousand dollars came back to us. Why? God can trust it. Yeah, that's being a paymaster. 
That's being a painter. And that's what we want. We want to be a paymaster to the king. We want, Lord, you can trust me that you can bring research and whatever you tell me to do with it, I will do it. Because this ain't, this is not my money. That ten thousand, that wasn't not ten thousand dollars. That was it. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, please. Are we on board for this? Amen. Yeah, I, I think so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all, I tell you, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you get a hold of this and you work this, you're going to see some exponential blessings in your, you're like, wow. But stay humble. Stay kingdom minded because money can, woo, money can turn you into another person. It can. And I ain't talking about no big money. I'm talking about just getting $500. Can mess some people up. <laughs> can mess some up. <laughs> can mess some people up. They just got 500 and they just turned into another person. Like, what the? Oh, a $500? (laughs) So we just, we we stay humble before God and and realize we don't own none of this stuff. As they always say, you can't take it with you. That is so true. Every dead person we know, and we did not see a U-Haul truck back up to there casket and went into the grave. They ain't taking none of it with. So all this just resources that God has gives us to manage. That's it. For his kingdom. It's just to manage. Lord, whatever you tell me to do with it, I'll do it. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it, Lord. Nobody, this ain't my stuff. It's your stuff. And remember, and since it is his stuff, He's responsible to keep your stuff in line. So you ain't got to worry about it. This is God's stuff. This is his church. Lord, you know what's, you know what's going on in your church, man? Water stains, water dripping all over the place and everything. Lord, hey, while you just tell me what I need to do, Lord, this is your, this is your house. And the spirit of God came to me and said, I didn't tell, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe it. That's what we get. When God tells us, we first thing we're like, now how am I going to pay for it? He said, I asked you to pay for it. Just believe for it. And so we, we believe for it. And God paid for it. It's that easy. It's no stress, strain, or struggle. Just believe for it. God, he'll pay for it. He'll take care of it. That's being a payment. And if the Lord tells you if you need to sow some seeds, whatever, just be obedient. You just see, he's impression of you to sow. Just, okay, I'll sow, no problem. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what his mother said at the, at the wedding of Galilee. Whatever, whatever he, he tells you to do, to do it. Yes, what are you doing? 
Mm. See, look, look, that quick. See how increase came that? Just like that. There's an anointing. Whenever the word is being preached, signs and wonders will be confirmed as a word. Look at, look at, look at the increase. That's how much Hey, hundredfold return. Three, three times on six. And that's what we're going to learn. We're going to learn in this teaching. First of all, we're going to bless God. Then we're going to bless the spiritual authority of God. Then we're going to bless each other. And once we get that down pat, then God can release us to go out there to bless them. Because God would have you to bless folks that, you know, I got convicted of the, the, uh, the homeless guy. Yeah. Homeless guy, Lord said, bless him. I said, I ain't blessing him. <laughs> hey, I keep it real. I mean, you know, I'm not going to play this little holy and down I got my collar on and all that. No. Then sometimes, yeah, I, no, I ain't doing that. He's home. He need to get a job. Uh-oh. <laughs> Self-righteousness. And then when I when I said that, the spirit was quiet. Ooh, you don't like it when the Holy Ghost gets quiet on you. That's an indicator you need to repent. <laughs> so I repent. I said, yeah, Lord. I, I think I got been teaching on something like that. Too. I said, I got convicted. So next time we was in that area and there was a homeless guy, I rolled my window down. I said, hey, brothers, be blessed. Come here, come here, come here. Be blessed. Be blessed. Because I want God to trust me. So what you have to learn, whenever the Lord tells you something, don't argue with God. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. Just, just be obedient. Did you bless that, brother? See, 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 see how this, the word. The word. So that's how we're going to learn this thing. And once we get it packed in the house of faith, and being prosperous, then we can go out there and then whoever God tells you to bless, it is not going to be a problem. We bless our neighbor all the time. Thanksgiving baskets, Christmas and all that. And then he turns around. He said, hey, I want to bless the church. I'll cut y'all grass for free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, brother. That is a blessing. He cuts our church grass out for free because we bless him and his family. And they, and they don't even come here, but he, he tells them all that, hey, I'm right there with you, Pastor. I'm there. I don't show up, but I'm right there with you. Praise God. So we get our lawn cut free and grass and all that kind because we are a blessing. God has trust us. And that's where we reciprocate back. So this stuff is real. This is not this is not fake stuff. This is real stuff. And in this teaching, I'm going to impart to you from the word and what we have learned over the years of our giving and how God will honor it. It's a kingdom principle. Give, and it should be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, 
shaking together, running over, and I will have men give unto your book. Well, Pastor, I ain't got nothing to give. Yeah, you do. We didn't say we didn't say money. Go home and look at one of them hundred pairs of shoes you got. You can sew that. You can say, "Oh, hey, I just want to bless you." That's it, it has, Don't limit when it comes to money. It could be anything in your heart. You purpose in your heart what you want to give. You can give a smile. We don't want to live just limited with money. You can give a smile. But you're purposing in your heart what you want to give and keep. And as time goes on, the scripture says he'll give seed to the soul. But we have to think like the kingdom not like the world and we're not trying to get nobody's money no no completely no really i mean you don't say that about them un, them, them them center rappers and the singers and stuff that's all they do that you don't say that about walmart you never hear people say man i went to walmart you know what they want oh they want my money really we don't we only hear that when it comes to the church that's all they want is my money well how you think walmart Keep their lights up. Because <laughs> we go to Walmart, and what do you do? You give your tithes and offering <laughs> to Walmart. <laughs> but when it comes to God, everybody get dumped deep. <laughs> I ain't get it. Yeah, that's all that chat wants. Well, that's what, you know, that's what your chiropractor, he wants. Your kidney doctor, you want your kidney to be worked on? Give me some money. Whether it's insurance or whatever, they want money. This is how we operate in this world system is money. In the kingdom of God system is faith. But money is how we operate. So, I mean, hey. But only when it comes to God. That's all they, that's all they talk about money. Every time I go to him, he always preach about money. money. And Sister Tina already told y'all that's not the only thing I preach on. I preach on fornication. I remember the first time I heard of fornication. Fornication? What is, what is that? <laughs> What's fornication? That's not fornication. It's fornication. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it's not just that it's not just money is not the only thing ever. But hey, I'm willing. I'm willing to take the persecution because God's called me to do this. So I know there's going to be some backlash, but that's okay. It's all right. You have that same mind. That's okay. You just don't understand. And I tell you what, those people who bring those backlash, you bless them with some money. Yeah, you bless them. That's how you take care. You just, just, hey, let me bless you. In the name of Jesus. All right. Wednesday is our prayer. Seven to eight, we'll be back here for prayer. Thursday night teaching. We're going to continue on seed time and harvest. We started a new series. And then we'll be back here Sunday morning to get into the paid master theory itself. Everybody good? Amen.
Everybody's good. Everybody's blessed. Everybody healed. Delivered. Set free. Love Jesus. Love me. Hey, we're good. We're good. Everybody's good. We're good. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for this teaching series, Lord, about paymasters. We know, Lord, it's not just about the money. It's about our hearts towards you, Lord, that you can trust us and use us for your glory and for your kingdom, to bless your people. It's the covenant that you kept with Abraham. You told Abraham, I will bless you so that you'll be a blessing until all the families of the earth are blessed. And that's being blessed spirit, soul, and body. So that's our heart desire, Father. We want to be a blessing to all the families in our areas, blessed with the goodness of you, Lord. Lord, help us continue to renew our minds on this teaching series. We take authority over the enemy because we know he's going to attack us, but we cast him out and give him no place. We stay focused on your word to get revelation, to get understanding of how to become paymasters in the kingdom. We thank you, Lord. You're such a good God. You're such a faithful God, a loving God. And we thank you for the ones that are here and the ones who are not here and the ones who are on their way. We call them from the north, south, east, and west to give up the sons and daughters of Almighty God to come into this place. And the ones that are here, part of this ministry, Lord, you continue to bless them, heal them, prosper them, deliver them, and set them free. Lord, place a hunger, thirst of righteousness in their hearts, Lord. Could you say to your word, those who hunger, Thirst after righteousness shall be filled with your presence. So we want to be filled up, overflowing in your presence because of righteousness. We thank you. We praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' majestic name. Amen. Amen. Be a blessing, not a curse.